Hail and well met, travelers, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. Pull up a stool. What do you have to drink? Here, we're going to talk about different aspects of kink, leather, the BDSM community, relationships within it, and so much more. All opinions voiced in this podcast are just that, opinions, and they should not be taken as fact or medical advice. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Our listeners should know our friend Magic. They were in episode 43, Kink at Pride. They are having some hard times right now fall on their family, unfortunately. Illness, chronic illness, financial struggles. So they are offering a super discounted sketch commission starting at $5. Their Redbubble has a couple of designs available on fun products. And their Instagram is magics underscore mischief. All the links are there, including the link to sign up for commission. And I will include that down below in our description. So please, if you can, go support Magic. Any amount helps. They just really need a boost right now. So yeah, I hope our listeners can help out a little. We also wanted to give extra support here for Alan, who was in a car accident a few weeks ago. I was in a car accident a couple weeks ago, day after my birthday. What a bummer. And it was a high-speed car accident. I was going about 65 whenever I hit the lady, and my brakes failed. So if you would like to donate, please donate to my Venmo or my Cash App. Um, Those will be linked down below because I don't know them. If you would like to support us or follow us, we are on Patreon at The Kinky Tavern, FetLife, Twitter, and Instagram, all at The Kinky Tavern. I'm also personally on FetLife at MDizzy, E-M-D-I-Z-Z-Y. Please do not friend me on that account. You can definitely follow me, and you can friend The Kinky Tavern, but please don't friend me on that one. That's for people I know. I'm also on TikTok at MixDizzySoul. M-X-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L, and on Twitter at Daddy's Dizzy Soul, D-A-D-D-Y-S-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L, and all of those will be linked down below. Yes, and you can also find me on TikTok. Yes, I have a TikTok. I'm never on it, but you can send me stuff at uh, pup underscore Merlin underscore Wrecker, R-E-K-K-R. That is also my fat life. You can follow me there or message me or whatever. I also run the Kinky Tavern Twitter. So, And I am on FetLife at Alan's World 111. Please do not friend me. Only follow me there. Those are for people that I know. On Instagram, Lord Alan Vidra. That would be L-O-R-D-A-L-L-E-N-V-Y-D-R-A. Twitter at Lord Allen 111. And TikTok, Allen's World 111. Please follow me on TikTok so that I can get to a live. Excellent. So please give us a follow, give us a like, and keep up to date on what we're doing with the Kinky Tavern podcast. The content that we discuss will likely be explicit. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Mix Dizzy. And I'm Pup Wrecker. And I'm Alan Vidra. And today we are going to be talking to you about consensual non-consent, CNC. <laughs> A very, very complex kink 
and part of a lot of people's BDSM relationships. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What is CNC? It consists of legal consenting adults who are consenting to non consensual types of play. So, again, the foundation of consensual non consent is consent and choice. So while the things happening in the scene may not look consensual or pleasant to someone else, and it may not be pleasant to those involved, Mm -hmm. they still have consented to that specific activity at that specific time. I did want to cover the basis for consent in CNC, just kind of broken down a little bit. The participants of a consensual non-consent scene should always have absolute trust in the other parties. That is the top trusting the bottom and the bottom trusting the top. Mm -hmm. This is trust that they won't cross limits or ignore safe words if there are any, that they won't ignore in-scene communication if that's something that you negotiated, and for the top that they won't press charges because no matter what has been previously agreed to, no matter what's written or videotaped or whatever, In a court of law, no means no. And much of what it is that we do is not able to be consented to legally anyway. Like, you legally cannot consent to some of the things that people kink. True, true, true. And this might include some types of SA or R word, which I will not say on this podcast. Just trigger words. Mm -hmm. Um... But the foundation of it is consent, so the two parties who are involved are consenting to this. Yes, very much so. Um, And longer term, the parties have to trust that neither one of them will manipulate or abuse their power. That means both the bottom and the top. In a longer term DS dynamic, the top has to trust that the bottom will not manipulate the fact that they can press charges, will not manipulate the fact that they have power and they won't top from the bottom kind of thing. And the bottom has to trust that the top will not manipulate them and abuse the power that they're giving them. It's power exchange. Yeah. And absolutely everything is negotiated and nothing will be done that wasn't discussed. And if it is, then the scene is stopped with safe words or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that is talked about immediately. In this negotiation, they include limits, which are things that are not okay to do. They're hard limits, soft limits, and those are all discussed as well. And inclusive consent. So that's those are things that are okay to do with the CNC. And with the inclusive consent, yes. basically that's saying, I mean, you can go as far as saying, you may only do these four things to me. You know, anything outside of these four things is off limits. You can go as far as saying that. You can also go as far as saying these four things are my limits. You can do anything else to me. Be very, very freaking careful with that and make sure as a top you still discuss everything that you want to do, that you plan to do, and get consent for it. Yeah, just because you have consent to do everything doesn't mean that you should. Um. It's just like the old thing whenever you were in school where you got like a little bit of freedom on a Friday night after your parents have gone. Just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should. Some of these things might not be known to this person and they might actually end up being hard limits. So you have to be careful with stuff like that. Absolutely. That's why I think beforehand everything should be 
even if someone says you cannot do these four things to me, everything else is on the table as a top. It's your responsibility to be like, okay, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do that? And then only do those things. Yes. Agreed. All parties involved in a CNC scene should be experienced, mature players. To expand on that, you should not be doing needles in a CNC scene if it is your first time doing needles as a top or as a bottom. If you don't know that feeling, okay. if you don't know how to do it, that's the kind of thing. So absolutely, you have to do CNC in order to be experienced in CNC, but I don't feel that you should be going into a CNC scene wanting to experience or wanting to do things that you've never done before. But what if that's the only way that you can do it? Like, what if forced consent is the only way that you can get yourself to do this thing that you want to do? Then the top should still be knowledgeable. I mean, there should... Oh, okay. So we're talking specifically about the top. Not always, but I feel that it is important for at, at least the top to be doing, to be capable yeah and educated and experienced in what they're doing okay i understand what you mean now um yeah so my thing is that the top should absolutely know what they're doing if they are the ones who are controlling the scene right so what i would i would just say the person who is controlling the scene because that might not be the top it might be the bottom very true very true yeah i don't know i've been on this whole kink is fluid thing I feel like it's important to say. But I also feel that, like, when you're going into a CNC scene, there is, I feel... There's a certain expectation, I'm sure. I feel that there is a, a, a problematic piece of CNC that we have to mitigate the risks of. Because in CNC, I mean, there's so many factors that you have to negotiate out. And if you miss one factor, if you miss one thing, you could end up having a non-consensual scene and so it is very risky yeah 100 percent. well that's the whole like thing about kink too is that we are risk aware absolutely and i think i think that if you are practicing rack or prick you should be making sure that you're the person that you're doing the scene with is risk aware of everything that they possibly can be mm-hmm. and i think that definitely like what you were saying definitely goes into that so mm-hmm. I think what I maybe should say is that everybody should be risk aware and everybody should be personally informed about what they're doing before they do it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that might mean that you're doing this for the first time because, again, like, how can you do a CNC uh, whenever you've never done a CNC scene and be experienced? It's just like... I guess you should be experienced in the skill that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely what you're saying. I knew that. Mm-hmm. You should be risk aware in what you're doing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the maturity piece, that has nothing to do with age. That just has to do with if you are just getting into the scene and you're having frenzy and you're jumping from dom to dom to dom and you've known this dom for two days and they, they can't possibly know your limits, that's not a time to be going into a cnc scene if you are struggling with your mental health that just scared me (laughs) i know people do that though so often if you are struggling with your mental health that is probably not the best time to get into a cnc scene without very very careful negotiation and Mm self-awareness 
100% agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that, for C&C, the negotiation needs to include, like, everything you can possibly think of that can come up in that scene. Mm-hmm. So that requires giving up, like, basically all your medical information that pertains to the scene, any kind of triggers you have, any kind of medical, medical conditions, anything that could possibly come up in the scene and make it a non-consensual scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot to discuss, and it takes a lot to like to know someone. I was going to say, I kind of liken it to like scuba diving. You can't just throw on a suit and jump in the water. Mm-hmm. You have to go through physicals. You have to present that physical to the training place. You have to learn the equipment that you're going to use. You have to learn how to use that equipment. You have to learn how to dive in a little pool. You know, there are steps involved, yeah. and I feel like, in the same way, you can't just learn about kink and then go into a CNC scene. Yeah. You know, it just, so okay. the top needs to be able to listen to the limits and other things communicated and create a scene that is enjoyable for all while not crossing those limits. And what I mean by that, it doesn't always have to be the top. It could be the bottom. But typically in this scenario, you'll have your bottom come to you and say, you know, I want to do this rope scene with you and I want you to be able to do whatever you need to do. Use me as your statue. Use me as your, you know, piece of art. But this hip is sore and this shoulder is sore. So be kind of gentle with them. So then the top takes that and thinks, what ties can I do? Blah, blah. You know what I mean? So yeah, they'll be mindful of the sore spots and such, or maybe if they're, if they know their bottom's a masochist and they're a sadist, they'll kind of fuck with it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and in scene, the bottom might communicate something, especially if there's not a safe word. It is the responsibility of the top to make a safe and good decision for both of them and towards the goals of the scene. So say someone in scene says, even in plain language, now you can communicate beforehand what you want as your language within scene, but even if someone says in plain language, ow, that hurts too much, please stop. You have to make a decision then as a top. Am I pushing their limits here? Is this safe? Is it safe to push their limits here? Or am I going to back off and stop? Yeah. And it's okay to ask your bottom that yeah, true. too. Absolutely. Yeah. Back and forth communication. Yes. I was going to say that you need to make sure that you have clear communication on what like, if something goes wrong in the scene, you need to have clear communication about how you're going to handle that if that happens. Mm-hmm. Whether that's with a safe word, stoplight system, or just plain language. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we use plain language in our scenes. Just we use kind of all yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easier that way. Yeah. So I was going to touch on the fact that I don't use safe words, and our dynamic does not use safe words. Um, instead, we use plain language. So example i'm in an impact scene with both wrecker and mixed dizzy and we are going at it and going at it and i finally am just like okay i need a break that doesn't mean that they're gonna ignore me and um just keep going because i didn't say a safe word what they're gonna do is they're gonna stop and they're gonna assess so this applies also in cnc you don't want to use a safe word you don't have to and that should not be a requirement unless that is a hard limit of yours right and honestly safe words have so much stigma attached to them i feel like in the kink community i feel like a lot of bottoms especially the ones that 
want to be or look or just you know act more submissively um this deeper slavery type stuff they just really hate using safe words it's really stigmatized i mean i i kind of like not using safe words because it's just easier for me to like yeah. assess as i go basically oh same that's why i like using plain language yeah but i feel like there there shouldn't be that stigma on safe words or oh, even communication yeah. in scene i feel like there's also some stigma on communication in scene because i've had some people like complain that we were talking in scene in a dungeon at one point oh my gosh i've had that too yeah i like using plain language better because it allows me to convey exactly what i want to yeah. convey and the thing with whenever you're using plain language is that you are obligated to be completely and utterly honest with your top and with yourself. If something is like even a little smidgen bit off, you need to voice Mm -hmm. that. And that's the thing about using plain language that I almost think is safer Mm -hmm. because you have to be utterly, completely honest with everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And And (laughs) go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, and when you're in that space, in that headspace, you may not be able to think, oh, our safe word was kumquat. You may just yell out something like, oh, my God, please stop. Or, you know, like just whatever comes out. Yeah. As a top, you need to respond to that. I was going to say, I'm going to be honest, whenever I'm in the middle of a scene, I'm little baby puppy bimbo Allen, and I might forget the safe word. Mm -hmm. This has happened a few times. Even though the safe word was the stoplight system, Alan, who is little bimbo baby puppy Alan, who is like crumbling in a scene, is not going to remember to say yeah. red. They're just going to say, okay, I'm good now. Yeah, yeah that, that kind of goes into what I was going to say. Sometimes you might forget the safe word. Sometimes that safe word, they could say the safe word and they could say the wrong safe word and the, what they really mean is stop completely and you just go to check in and on them and then they're starting to freak out why you're not stopping completely. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like using plain language, not only do you convey what's going on, but you can also read their body language a lot better. Um, whereas if they're just saying one word, you can't really, it's just the one signal word that says, okay, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. But if they tell you like, this is not working right, and then you could tell they're physically not doing good. That's I feel like that's a better a better use of words. I did want to say that even if they do call absolute stop safe word, mm-hmm. you need to talk to them, and maybe they're in a suspension that they need to be let down from slowly. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are in a space that you're like, do you need a cool down? Yeah. Um, something like that. So. There might be, I think that no matter what, even if they call that absolute stop, you need to check in and see if they, if there's anything else that's needed or maybe suggest, you know, hey, you, you can't really be let down very quickly from this if mm-hmm. you, unless you want blood rushing, every, you know, to your limbs and whatever. I, I'm not a rope. I don't know what they do, but I assume things. Um, <laughs> so, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like if someone called stop, unless it was like, a scene where you can just basically stop whenever. I always try and do a cool down or like at least sit with them 
to after help them. Checking them after checking them. After checking them. Yeah. Like, whenever we do impact scenes, um, it's usually... So, Wrecker's normally the person who's, like, constantly going, and McSizzy is coming in and out as they please, as they sit on their throne. <laughs> um, and sometimes I need a cool down after a scene, especially an impact scene. I usually need you to, like, flog me down yeah. a little. <laughs> yeah. And, like, do some pats and yeah. stuff. And um, so whenever I call red or, like, I need, like, to stop, like, hard stop, even then I'm not hard stopping. I'm just cooling down a little bit. It means that the scene needs to start to come to an right. end. Absolutely. Yeah, that's usually how I do. We just went off on safe that's words. Okay. I'm, I'm cool with that. It does have to do with CNC safe words. Yeah. Yeah, no, it totally does. Basically, yeah. Usually, when I do an impact scene, like in general, that's kind of how I approach it. Anyway, like especially if it's a new bottom that I'm playing with, I check in often, and I make sure to see where they're at on this on the pain scale and all that. And I, throughout that scene, I'm constantly assessing how much more can I do, how much more do they need, what point do they do I need to stop, and what point do they want to stop, or Mm -hmm. should they stop. And what and point then, do they want to get to? And what point do they want to get to? Basically, once they reach that point, I just start slowing down and bringing them down out of it. So it's not just immediate stop. Because that can be very jarring for a lot of people. Yeah. And I mean, Agreed. some people may want that, but I prefer not to do that because I'd rather not shock the bottom. Yeah, basically. but it depends on what the bo- where the bottom's sure. at and what they need. Yeah, and the, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but it could also help with maybe... Not having as bad a drop the next day or so if you're brought down yeah. and just stop completely. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. So. Definitely. As an impact bottom, I agree. Um, also, Wrecker is the best impact top I have ever had. No. I'm going to be honest there. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> I, I was, I was um, known as the Viking Berserker top in flogging. So, flogging is like my go to, but yeah. <laughs> He's my favorite impact top. Yay. <laughs> and fire cupper. Yes. I would, I would say yes, fire yes. cupping, fogging, and uh, probably cutting are my tops three. Although I am growing into cigar play and boot blacking very much. Loving I love that very blacking. much. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. Also, I'm very excited for you to get your boots back. Me too. So, what does CNC look like? I just kind of wanted to talk about some of the things that are included or can be included in CNC. As always, none of this is going to be all-inclusive. There are always going to be people who kink differently. Yeah, kink is customizable. Very. Kink is fluid, as Alan said. It's fluid. So. Yeah. It makes you all wet. (laughs) So CNC is not always physical violence, but it does often include it. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it can include. Not having a safe word for a scene or for a relationship can be included in CNC. Mm -hmm. Uh, Punishment for disobedience Mm -hmm. could be included in a 
dynamic for CNC or it could be a scene for mm-hmm. CNC. Yeah, that could go either way. Um, I was thinking about it in terms of like a CNC dynamic, but mm-hmm. if you're in a DS dynamic, there could be your punishment as a CNC scene, yeah. even if you're not in a CNC dynamic. Oh, I was going to say, I know a lot of edge players who do stuff like this because uh, the majority of my friends are edge players in the leather community. Yeah. And if we weren't clear, CNC is edge play. Yes. Yes, yes it is. I am an edge player. McStizzy is an edge player. Wrecker is an edge player. We're all edge player friendly here. Surprise, as if you didn't know that. It's because we're so edgy. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my god, we're so edgy. (laughs) So one of the things that um, is a kind of a type of CNC is blanket consent. And so that that is a difficult and complex type of kink type of practice difficult and complex practice within cnc and it's basically saying either within a dynamic or within a scene you have blanket consent to do whatever typically it's within my limits you know within my boundaries and that can be within a dynamic so you can have blanket consent within a dynamic to where i've known people that if that they require their sub to be completely naked. And if they feel a whim and want to fuck them, they fuck them. You know, stuff like that. If they want to spank them, they spank them. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm, I'm kind of into that too. Hot. Yeah. Same. Um, so blanket consent is kind of complex. Stop looking at me like But it that. is definitely a part of CNC. Yeah, it's also being able to use a blanket in any way you want on a person. Do I have that for you? Yeah. Wait, do I have blanket consent for both of you? I don't know what all the ways you can within my limits, within my boundaries. Hold on. Do I have blanket (laughs) consent for you? To use a blanket on me? Yes. For what? I you said blanket consent to use whatever (laughs) to use the blanket for whatever I want. Do I have blanket consent for you? Yes. As long as you don't fucking kill me, yeah. (laughs) Shit. That was on the list. Not killing. Just almost. So, another thing that can be CNC, or is CNC, is waterboarding. Um, yes, Hot. I have seen this done several times. It is a very risky scene. It involves a lot of trust between the two people, and the top needs to know what they're doing. Because if not, you can yes. literally kill the person. Mm-hmm. Drown them. Um, very easily. It takes yes. nothing more than a teaspoon to drown someone. Yes. Um, Yes. So yes, there needs to be a lot of talk and negotiation before that is done and kind of, I guess, preparation in general, just because it's a very, very intense scene. And anyone in the vicinity needs to consent to anything that happens mm-hmm. when the person strikes out or spits. Oh yeah, I got spit on. This is true. And that spit could include blood, Hot. so just saying oh, yeah. it you didn't. need to consent. It didn't, but I'm there's all kinds of risks, even with being a voyeur. No, it, that scene was great, though. Um, I was standing at the end of the table, um, like at the person's feet, and they were being, I mean, you know, you had the cloth and the pitcher, and they were doing that, and then they let him up from the cloth, and then he just, like, lifted his head up and just, like, 
just all over me. <laughs> and I was oh just my like, gosh. Uh, that I just kind of walked around the other side. I'm like, <laughs> I want to do a waterboarding scene so bad, but I'm so scared about it because yeah, my ass That's mm. definitely a risk factor. Definitely. Yeah. I have not found somebody who is comfortable with risking my asthma since it is so severe to do a waterboarding scene. And I also have not found anybody that I trust enough to do a waterboarding scene. And you probably want to make sure that you know some medics that are close by. I do know a few Typically, it's funny, in the kink community, there's There's a lot lot. of (laughs) medical-based people. There's, like, doctors and shit who have, like, medical Uh fetishes. And, like, I find that really hot because I know that they Mm -hmm. know what they're doing. Like, it makes me feel, like, way more safe knowing that you're a nurse, knowing that you're a doctor, knowing that you're an anesthesiologist, whatever the fuck. like, a quarter of our local community is, like, in the health field, Mm -hmm. at least. Oh, no, like, literally they are. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of friends are in the medical field. (laughs) Okay, so um, kidnapping that is fun. Um, they have done a kidnapping scene. I have not ever really done a kidnapping Mm -hmm. scene. Closest thing to a CNC scene I have done is an interrogation scene with Mixed Dizzy. So that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do until I cut my finger. So, My partners are um, really good at we that. were doing an interrogation scene. <laughs> yeah. We were doing an interrogation scene, and I was trying to cut zip ties off of somebody. And my dumbass, who is like very into knives, I have so many, and like I was using my own knife, and I know damn well not to cut towards myself. And I was cutting towards myself. And I ended up, like, cutting what, like, really needed stitches. I didn't ever get stitches. But I still have the scar. Um, it's right here for all of the viewers. I'm, I'm used uh, to... It was, like, very deep. You could see the bone. <laughs> I'm definitely used to Wrecker ignoring giant cuts that need stitches. So, and, like, refusing to go to the doctor. So, I almost said vet. Um... <laughs> but so i mean like at some point at some point if you guys like injure yourself too bad i'm going to insist but for the most part like y'all are adults and like i will suggest but i won't force unless it's like you lost a finger you lose a finger you're going to the er it's like it's so much of a hassle to like go to the er and like Fucking get checked out. Like, that is so much of a hassle. I'd rather just exist without a fucking finger. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So, with kidnapping scenes. So, what we did and what I've seen a lot of people do, I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure there are other ways to go about this, but mm-hmm. the way that we've seen it done and the way we've done it is you negotiate beforehand pretty much everything. Except yeah. for the time and place. Yeah. You, and then that's a surprise. So you're feeling like you're actually being kidnapped. And so, um, and maybe, especially if someone has 
anxiety about actually being kidnapped, you can have like a comfort word. Like um, if you if you go to kidnap them and they're like, you know, is it you? You can say something that lets them know that, you know, it is you and that they are safe and it's not an actual kidnapping because, yeah, it's role play. We want to have fun. We want to play with fear, not traumatize people. Yes. So. Yes. Um, Kind of uh, in the same vein or going further than that is um, essay role play. I'm not going to say the word. I'm not comfortable with it. I'm not comfortable seeing it. I'm not comfortable being around it um, because of my own traumas. But I will not judge anyone who decides to partake in it. Um, If you don't know what essay is, um, it is non-consensual sexual activity, basically, um, one that you can be arrested for. Uh, so in this case, it is role play and it is, uh, something that some people choose to do for various reasons, whether, I mean, in media, non-consensual encounters like that are highly, and we actually, I actually have some lists down later of media types of media that dramatize that romanticize essay and non-consensual activity so i can see why psychologically this is something that people fantasize about also people that have gone through this themselves and want to replay the incident maybe but they have the control they win at the end so absolutely i think that this can be healing and stuff like that but yeah. I would say it's a very, like, another thing, one of those things that you have to trust someone a lot to be able to do. But a lot of people use it for kind of a cathartic scene or, mm-hmm. like you said, kind of reclaiming past trauma. But there needs to be extra care taken with any kind of scenes like that. Yeah, especially because you are playing with trauma at that point. Yeah. And let me just say real quick, kink is not therapy. Please, if you are fucking with your mental health, if you are doing psychological play, please have therapy mm-hmm. in like continuous therapy. I think everyone should be in therapy, but especially if you're going to fuck with your head in kink. Agreed. And also, if you're doing these scenes at a dungeon, you need to make sure that you have the consent of every single person who's going to be walking through that scene. And you should not be doing it in one of the most populated mm-hmm. areas just because that is a very triggering scene. Me personally, I have been in a dungeon whenever somebody's trying to do this scene in a very public area. And I'm not going to lie, it set me back for a couple weeks. And my drop was hard from watching that. And that's because I am also a victim of sexual assault. And think that any victim of sexual assault would want to know if a scene like that is going on in the same building in the same area in the same room anything like that they need to know so by informing everybody you are keeping sexual assault victims safe i was going to say a couple of things usually when i go into a dungeon when i meet the people running the event or the people who own the dungeon or the dms i will say hey I need to know if there's going to be any type of CNC scene um, so that I can remove myself from the situation. I say CNC because 
there are a lot of types of CNC that I cannot make myself watch. It's not healthy for me to watch um, or be around. There are some that are awesome. I love a lot of types of CNC, but there are some that I cannot watch and still be a healthy as healthy as I am. <laughs> Second, I know that several dungeons, the dungeon that we've gone to, has a rule that if you're going to do any type of DNC or essay play, that you let the dungeon monitor and the owner know. That is a rule at most dungeons. I kind of figured so. Um, every dungeon I've been to, I believe I've seen it as a rule. Or it's just off limits and you just can't do it, which is valid. I mean, yeah, it's not kink shaming to not allow CNC scenes uh, in your dungeon. Right. It's, it's just no. not. That is something that publicly is very risky to have in a public area where there's going to be people that may have trauma like that. And even if so, when you tell the dungeon owner or the dungeon monitor, they are probably going to go to each room. I've, this is how I've seen it. They go to each room and say, excuse me, attention, everybody. There's going to be a CNC scene. Um, they're going to do essay play, and it's going to be in this back room. Uh, please stay away if you are going to be triggered by that. And they go to each room and they say that. But what if someone comes after they say that? What if someone was out at the store getting an energy drink and came back, or cigarettes and came back? You know, it's still risky for dungeon owners to allow that kind of play in their spaces. And so I do understand not wanting to have it there um, in the same way that having fire play is risky, um, in the same way that having blood play is risky. So, yeah, I can understand that. And it's not kink shaming. It's just risk mitigation. Just being risk aware. Yes. There are a lot of times they'll have like harder play nights or like private nights where the harder players, the people that know what they're doing and don't mind being around this stuff can come and do that kind of stuff. I would kind of advise if you're doing any kind of CNC scene in a dungeon that regardless of the rules of the dungeon, I mean, obviously inform your DMs and the owner and whoever. It, if you're doing that scene that's allowed, I would kind of section off your own little space kind of back in a corner if possible, and then have people watching the scene and watching the crowd just kind of to let people know that, hey, Especially if you see someone new that just came in, like, let them know. Just so there's no mitigate as, as much risk as possible, basically, of someone, like, getting triggered. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I've been to a, like, wrestling primal night where um, a submissive forgot their collar at home. Mm-hmm. And there was a CNC scene, but nobody in that room had consented to that. Um, they were up next for wrestling and, uh, it was in a highly populated area and they were the ones at fault because they did not discuss any of this with any DM. And Mm -hmm. that is of the rules of the dungeon. Mm -hmm. And the DMs had to physically pull them apart. That is not fucking okay. Yeah, because... And you know what? I was the one who was like, "This, this needs to stop." Like, I can't, I can't sit here and watch this. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, a lot of other people can't. Yeah. And I was the one who had to say that, and the DMs were just sitting there watching it instead of actually doing something about it. Now there are some harder play primal nights where that is that kind of thing is allowed. However, that needs to be in in the introduction you if you arrive at that event 
you need to be fucking told that. Um, yeah. And if it's not allowed like that, it, you should never, ever have to be physically removed from something. Physically removed from no, being this bad. You should be in a headspace. That is not a headspace you need to be in. But yeah, you should just, you should never, once you are told this is not okay, you should accept that and correct yourself. Um, in most dungeon spaces, if you fuck up like that, you're, it's either your last warning or you're just gone. Yeah. Yeah. So next we have a uh, primal or chase scene. And these can be CNC. I think this is one of Alan's favorites. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Grr. So this is CNC. The chase can, you need kind of a big area for that. And I mean, I guess it would take a lot of people to kind of monitor things are going okay. Especially if it's like a chase scene. I know well, that. I mean, if you're doing it at a dungeon, you don't have to do it at a dungeon. That's true. Right. You could I, be doing it in the park, like in the woods. Mm -hmm. But at that place, it's like a campground kind of area, like a large park where people can go and do whatever. It's like yeah. um, um, it's. I think nudity is allowed. Nudity so is a, allowed. It's a. Um, I believe that it's like a non-sexual nudist colony originally, mm -hmm. and they allow people to have these events because they're allowed to be naked. They're allowed to do whatever they need to do. Yes, mm, and it's kind of. It's a big forested area. It is a primal pagan campground. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that they do a lot of like pagan uh, ritual stuff there. Mm -hmm. A few of my friends go and um, they also have pony players there mm -hmm. who get to who get to frolic around. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Often, I want to go so bad. Yes, I know. Me too. They'll often have kink events and just allow... Um, I'm not sure the exact rules because I haven't been yet, but I know that there are people that will do chase scenes and like chase each other through the woods or whatever. Yeah, um, I, it sounds really fun. But I, I've been out there; it's real nice. It's the people I met there were real awesome. It was just real fun to kind of hang out and sit out in the woods and watch people play. It was great. <laughs> yeah, somnophilia is another type of CNC. This is sex that begins when one party is asleep. Um, this can be, this has to be consented to beforehand, of course. It's kind of like with the kidnapping thing where you negotiate it beforehand and get all of the consent you need. And then it's kind of a surprise when it happens. Or even you tell them the night before and then you wake them up doing that. So yeah. Now on to why are people into this? Why? What are they doing? Uh, some are attracted to having absolutely zero control once the scene starts. I like that. I don't like having control. It is the most relaxing thing to me to not have control about something because I am a control fucking freak. I am a neurotic as hell human being. And so not knowing exactly what's going to happen, but that it will be within your limits and boundaries it can be exciting and relaxing or even scary. You can do like fear play with it. And fear play and surprises often have a more intense reaction and kind of boost everything and make everything's on end. You're titillated. Yeah, and it also kind of pushes your limits, at least everything that you've consented to within this with, that's been pre-discussed. But it can push you just like having that surprise and fear or whatever mm -hmm. you get from it can push your limits a lot more and make things a lot more heightened. Yeah. Intense. As a sadist 
I like to have freedom of creativity. Uh, I'm sure a lot of other people do too. Um, it's just, it's just a blank canvas, you know, like you just get to, you get to play around with a bunch of different experiences, a bunch of different sensory things, uh, if your bottom allows it Mm -hmm. and they can just be your art piece. Yeah. I think it, it is really, it does unlock my creativity. I am not skilled. I, I have a problem where I do not like doing things that I'm not skilled at and I can't practice them to become more skilled because I just get mad at myself. So like drawing, um, painting, stuff like that, not my, not my thing, not able to do that. But if I can express my creativity through a scene, through kink, whether that's a dollification scene or just having fun with different types of implements or you know, just whatever. It's just so fun. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So another way, another reason that people might like this is because the bottom often feels more useful or even used. Some people like to feel used. Some people like to feel useful in like a offering sacrifice kind of way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's that can be a positive experience for the bottom. Guess who has two thumbs and is a useful subby? Yes, you are. This guy. (laughs) So there are a lot of misconceptions and shame and guilt around CNC. Mm -hmm. Um, Many people who have find themselves like wanting to have these fantasies feel that um, that shame and guilt. It's something that you know we. It's wrong when it's not consensual. Things that are being yeah. done are wrong when consented to. Anything is wrong when not consented to. But it's very difficult to overcome that idea of this is wrong, what I'm doing is wrong. So people can feel shame and guilt. Um, so a lot of people like the idea of forced consent. I am one of those people. Because uh, a lot of my fantasies can get a little dark. I'm not going to lie. Um, and like... Sometimes forced consent is the only way that I can get myself to do it. Because again, like I said, I am an anxious jellyfish in this flesh sack. I sometimes cannot get my brain to shut the fuck up and do the scene. Even if I really want it to happen, sometimes I can't get my brain to shut up. Mm -hmm. And forced consent is a way to help that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. As long as you have consented beforehand, blah, blah, blah. We all know this. Of course, yeah. Feminism. So a lot of being an AFAB person or being a female, um, you get faced with a lot of oppression from every single angle of your life. Um, it is the sad truth of the society that we live in, unfortunately. And a lot of the same misconceptions come with that. So. A lot of women who are maybe either outside of the kink community or even inside of the community, like, get on to, like, uh, AFAB people or females for wanting this type of play. Mm -hmm. Um, But the oppression of women has been forced always. (laughs) So why not make a kink out of it? Right. Yeah, it's empowering to make a kink out of something that you've had to face for your whole life. Yeah. I can tell you that. 
I am not a particularly feminine person outside of kink stuff. Mm -hmm. I am actually pretty mask presenting or androgynous outside of kink stuff. However, fetishizing that part of my life has helped me uh, in dealing with, you know, my internal feminine and dealing with being a, I guess I would say that I'm politically a woman (laughs) Um, and being, I guess, politically a woman or being in the same category as women, sometimes um, dealing with those types of fantasies uh, is healthy through kink. Definitely. Um, A lot. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people who say they are a femdom and they will say that female submissives are wrong, that they're not doing. Dude, if it's not empowering to you, shut the fuck up. It might be empowering to someone else. You could just say that. Yeah. Like I said with SA roleplay, you do you, boo, but it's not for me. So I found this quote by Dr. Zhao Florencio, a senior lecturer in the history of modern and contemporary art and visual culture at the University of Exeter. And I thought it was a really good quote. And it's about the romanticizing of CNC and media, basically, and about CNC kinks. He says, A lot of sex has always been violent, but the idea of it being agreed upon by all parties and involving a degree of violence or playing with violence and power, you see that in literature certainly way back. So this has been something that people have been fantasizing about and doing consensually as well as non-consensually for since the beginning of time, since oh, yeah. human sexuality, since people were able to communicate, basically. So another misconception is that oftentimes men will be afraid or scared that people will look at them differently if they are into some kind of CNC, they'll think there's something wrong with them, that um, how could you do that to someone? I mean, CNC can get very intense. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, this is an unfounded fear, to be honest. Uh, Much of society thinks that to be a feminist, you can't like women submitting in any way or power in any way, but feminism is simply believing everybody should be able to choose for themselves their positions in relationships, sex, etc., position in life, what have you. I mean, position in sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever position you Sorry. want. Sorry, I was just joking. <laughs> that was implied in the outline too. But no, like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were saying like this has been in media like, and like just literature in general for the longest time since. Mm-hmm writing basically Mm -hmm. there's always been tales of it there's tales of it in the bible there's i mean it's all over everywhere yeah so some of the uh some of movies in recent that are popular in recent times that romanticize some sort of non-consensual um acts uh dracula phantom of the opera pirates of the caribbean a clockwork orange Interview with a Vampire, Lolita, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and Splice. Yeah. Just a few examples. It is very common. Um, kind of a trope. Mm-hmm. I mean, the villain's always kidnapping someone or some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, what does aftercare look like for CNC? Um, basically, aftercare is just... Depends on the person. Oh, absolutely. The place the basic, basically, aftercare is just bringing each person down from the headspace they're in, whether that be top space or bottom space, subspace, whatever. Reminds them that they've done nothing wrong, that everything that was just done in that scene was consensual and that they're okay and that all those mean things I said to you are, I don't mean those things. Those were just for fun and just between us, like just as play, basically. We're, we're still good. Yeah. <laughs> we're still good. And communicate beforehand what you know you'll need. Um, some people don't like aftercare, um, and this might also be in CNC. Um, what you should be doing if you do not like aftercare or you don't do aftercare is finding somebody who can do aftercare for that bottom if they require by uh, any aftercare. Uh, find somebody who can do that aftercare for them that you know that they'll be okay with. Um, and just because somebody requires something doesn't mean they're going to get it. You do not have to do anything in aftercare that you do not want to do ever, and that should never be forced on you. I always encourage bottoms that want to play with me to bring their own aftercare top um, or aftercare person because um, there are very few people that I'm comfortable cuddling with, and that's a very common form of aftercare for people. My aftercare for most scenes is a cigarette and talking and sitting next to one another, maybe holding hands or touching one another, you know, just, and then going and cuddling or something, whatever. But I, I don't cuddle people that are not my cuddle people. I actually do not require aftercare uh, with somebody that I have never done a scene with before, unless I know them personally. There are a few people, uh, like whenever I move out to California, that I am going to scene with that I will probably ask for aftercare. Um, but usually whenever I am scening with somebody for the first time, top or bottom, I ask them to bring their own aftercare because I do not do it. Yes. Um, but what I can do is get you a water and tell you you've done a great job afterwards. Uh, that is my version of aftercare for you. Mm -hmm. So since I am really not a dom, uh, I'm not like a dom sadist. I am a little puppy sadist. It's, it's very different in that I'm not going to sit there and tell you that you're a good girl. I'm not going to sit there and, and pet your head or anything like that. That makes me uncomfortable. Right. If I'm honest. Um, so, I mean, just bring your own aftercare if you don't want aftercare. Yeah. Um, I would also say that it is important for at least, I think it's important for anyone that's doing a scene together, but especially people that want to continue scening together who are maybe in a partnership or a dynamic, sit down and talk about at some point. It doesn't have to be right then. It doesn't have to be that night. But at some point, you need to sit down and process with one another what you liked, what you didn't like, the feelings you felt, etc. Um, and I just think that's really important with CNC, yeah. especially. I don't even know if we did. Did we do aftercare the first time that we seen together? Mm, like with our wrestling? Well, because did we just yeah. do wrestling or did we do something else? No, I think we just did wrestling. So I don't think we really did mm -hmm. aftercare for that. 
Yeah, I remember I asked you if you needed anything, and you're like, no, I'm good. So, we just, yeah. I mean, we just okay. hung out the rest of the night. So, well, because I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. We also spent the night together for that first night. So, like, that's true. And that's really important for me. I'm pretty actually. sure we also had sex, but oh, we did not actually. With. We did not? No. Oh. I'm glad you guys remember that because I don't. <laughs> You're um, It's also, uh, that's one thing that's important to me is that if I have a scene with somebody, um, especially someone I'm partnered with, it helps me to come down if I get to sleep next to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, we do a little cuddle puddle, and that's helpful too. And just like the next I'm morning. I'm in the middle. <laughs> Thank God, it's because great. I can't do the middle. But it's fantastic. I love it. It's really helpful to kind of come down and then the next morning you're together and you kind of talk about it or talk about other things and just kind of yeah. realize your relationship's okay. Your relationship's normal again. It's fine. So, yeah. Good reassurance. Yeah. So. Okay. Next we have the red flag. Red flags. Um, if someone, especially a top, is constantly playing with new people and is constantly pushing them to CNC very quickly, that is a huge red flag. You want to, as a dungeon owner, a dungeon monitor, um, or even as a person in the community, if you notice this, show concern. Mm-hmm. Don't be quiet. Show concern. I have seen people who do this and run people off of the community mm-hmm. and... I'm sure that there was um, some non-consent in, in a lot of that. So yeah. do not be quiet about these things because CNC is a totally valid kink, but it can very easily hide non-consensual acts. Yes. And especially newbies, they may think this is just what kink is like. This is just what I asked for. This is, you know, they could be being told that. So yeah. just look out for the babies. Yeah, I've seen newbies be scared off before, so it's not the best. Same. I have been a newbie who's been scared off. Mm-hmm. Another red flag will be, like, maybe you have a bunch of groupies or, like, a leather house that will, like, immediately come, like, to their f- defense um, if their character is ever questioned. Like, they have a group of people, they're like, oh, no, he he would never do that, just kind of. Mm-hmm. Shrug it off like it's no big thing. Um, uh, if that happens, it's a big red flag. Um, and sometimes they become really nasty about it. Like they yeah. can start doing, like reporting on your fat life and um, naming yeah. you in places and stuff like that. So, so yeah. Tries to find loopholes and limits. Okay. So I actually, uh, I don't know if that's like. I know what you meant by it, I guess, but I would like to preface that, like, being risk-aware is kind of the same thing sometimes, is, like, understanding what the limits are. So if somebody's asking you questions about your limits, that's okay, but if they are constantly trying to find a reason to break your limit, (laughs) then... That is where the red flag lies. What I was going for with that is I've seen some talks that will, once you're tied up and gagged and can't say anything because that's what they suggested you do, they will do things that were not actively put as a limit. Mm -hmm. Especially with newer people, 
the newer person may not have known to say, hey, don't do this. Um, so it's just, yeah. just because I've seen that happen with, um, or heard of that happening, I should say, and seen it a couple of times. But I've heard that happening so many times in the community where once you're tied up and gagged and in somebody's basement, you better trust that person because you can't say, you can't stop it at that point. They can do whatever yep. they want to you. Yeah. 100%. And I've seen that some people will sometimes be like, well, you didn't say I couldn't do this. You didn't say I couldn't do that. And it's like a, you know, just a barely, like, you knew that that's what they meant. You knew. So communication is really important. If you are new to the scene and you need help negotiating with any type of scene, please reach out to someone that is like a dungeon monitor or a more experienced player and let them help you negotiate. There's absolutely no fucking shame in that. No. Even if you've been in the community for a while, like Rucker and I have been in the community for a while, but if we are negotiating with someone brand new, we always have at least one other person there mm -hmm. so that they can be like, oh, did you ask this? And, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And it's also great to have like a list yeah. of stuff. So good to make sure you get all your bases covered so there's nothing left out. Mm-hmm. Also, if you need help negotiating a scene, we have a Discord server. Mm -hmm. You can message us. Yeah. Um, we can probably help you yeah. if you're a part of our Discord server. I so. also have graphics that I share on my Instagram at one point. And if you pop in our Discord server or pop in my DMs, I can send you all the graphics, links to different negotiation uh, examples and uh, want, will, won't lists and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I have a complete list that I take with me every single time that I go to a dungeon. Mm -hmm. It's a checklist. It's very extensive. Yeah. Uh, it lists out essentially every single kink that there is. Mm -hmm. um, it's that's like, like the uh, long list that I was yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and if you need that list, please do not hesitate to message me. I am almost always glad to give it. It is extremely helpful with negotiating these types of scenes especially um i always bring an extensive list of kinks that i am okay with doing and not okay with doing um doesn't mean that it's with the person it just means that i'm generally okay or not okay with this thing yeah, yeah. and actually our listener question goes into negotiation quite a bit uh do we want to move on to that so we can talk more in depth about Heck yeah. it yeah let's do it so how do we go about planning a CNC scene? So, Thank you, Day, for giving us this question. Yes, I'm sorry. I was going to shout them out. Um, yeah, so how do we go about planning it? So looking at just a scene, like we're not going to talk about how to plan and negotiate a dynamic that's CNC. That would take another couple of hours. <laughs> We've already been here for a couple. So. We've been here for three. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, shit. Uh, looking at just a scene, once interest is shown by both parties and you decide that you want to do it, start negotiating. Um, I would suggest that that starts away from the scene and far before the scene so that you can assess all of the risks you need to and think of all the things. Sometimes, sometimes I'll think of things when I'm going to sleep at night. That's my fucking worst. That's what stops me from sleeping so much is that I'll think of things at night and I have to like wake That's up. That's what causes your insomnia. And type it in my phone. Yeah. 
I have a notepad that I just keep open so I can type it in my phone when I have a thought. And sometimes it'll be about a negotiation that we're doing and I'll have to type it in. So like the next day I can take it to you and start negotiating about it. Yeah. So what do we need to negotiate about? Do you want to cover the first one? Everything. No, Uh, you need to make sure you assess all your risks. So that includes any medical issues, mental health issues, past trauma, um, which is very important for CNC, and anything else that you feel needs to be communicated that can be affected by the scene that you're planning or wanting to do. Limits slash inclusive consent, you should be discussing this very, very thoroughly. You should be saying like at least five things that are allowed in the scene uh, that you specifically want done. Um, If that helps you, that is a guideline for you. Some of the ideas that you can use to discuss your limits and discuss what you want done are the simple five things that are allowed. That's the inclusive consent. I consent to X, Y, Z and nothing beyond that. You can also do limits. These are my limits and I consent to whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? Let's talk about that. Make sure they still consent to everything that you want to do. There's also want, will, won't list, which is what Alan was talking about earlier with the long ass list of kinks (laughs) and you rate how you want them and blah, blah, blah. Every one is different, but they all have ridiculous amounts of kinks listed and it's really fun, honestly. I still haven't finished that one. Yeah. I've worked on it here and there and I still haven't finished it. I think I need to go through and do that one too. (laughs) So uh, communication and scene, you need to talk about what, uh, whether that be plain language, which as we've said before, that is our preference, uh, whether that be check-ins or safe words. Some people will not want you to stop and check in, and that is okay. They need to have some other way to communicate what's going on in their head, yeah. in their body. There needs to be some kind of cue, whether it's a visual cue, them just <laughs> the hands. Or... Who is here? Okay, you also need to discuss the equipment that is consented to and needed for the scene. If you're doing rope, you need to bring your rope, your shears, your clips, etc. Um, you need, if you want to have your clothes cut off, you need to have clothes that can be cut. You need to have a special set of clothes or whatever. Or maybe you are going to be suspended, so you need really comfy clothes. Um, if you have asthma and you know that you could be triggered no matter what, if you have asthma, you should have your inhaler near you. Always. When you're doing a scene, always. Regardless of the scene. <laughs> yes. Um, also, if you any health needs you have... If you need, if your blood pressure might crash or spike, mm-hmm. bring your blood pressure cuff, yeah. bring your glucometer, anything, you know, bring packs of sugar or whatever you need to help make sure that your health does not go bad. Water. Always mm-hmm. bring water. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that one time that I forgot my inhaler and we were about to do a scene? I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. I have <laughs> Thankfully, I have mine. Yeah. And you also need to talk about what kind of prep is needed. Uh, You need to eat beforehand, how many hours beforehand. Uh, You need to stay hydrated throughout the day, throughout the Mm -hmm. week, even sometimes, depending on what kind of scene you're doing. Uh, You need to stretch on the days leading up to and right beforehand, stuff like that. So you just need to discuss based on what kind of scene you're doing, what are the needs for prep for the days and day following or the day before. Yes. (laughs) 
Yeah. I would say that most of these things are, in general, what you should be doing for any kind of scene. Yeah, that was kind of my... Yeah. These were really good examples, common things that you should you should eat the day of if you're doing a scene. You should make sure that you, even if you don't have diabetes, your blood sugar, your protein should. levels, your vitamin levels will affect how you feel and how a scene affects you. So make sure you're eating regularly. You're staying hydrated. And if those things are not complete, if for some reason Alan is able to eat the day of, we may not be able to do an intense scene. We may not be able to do a cutting example only because if you haven't eaten that day, if you haven't stayed hydrated, I can't remove blood from you in good conscience. Yeah, you know? we also can't do an impact scene because I consent to doing it until I bleed. Because, like, that is my king. Yeah, we might have to, if you, you might have to compromise or you might have to cancel the scene entirely. So, yeah, I think that that is a good way to plan. And then you decide when and where. Um, yeah. And again, I think it's important to talk about uh, quite a bit beforehand because that way you have time to think about things you forgot to talk about. Yeah. So. Yeah, all good recommendations for any scene, but specifically for CNC, these all, I would say, Pretty much absolutely need to happen. Yeah. Um, hydration, eating, just because CNC scenes can be very intense and very unforgiving as far as drop goes, just because yes. how much they can, how can, how intense they can be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about camping people. Oh, daddy. Do you have a daddy joke? To I do. I've got oh my it. God, he's so excited for this one. I am. This is going to be bad. Really? Yeah. Lead us out with the daddy joke. I will. So, what does Pinocchio's lover say to him? What? What? Lie to me. Lie to me. Oh my God. I like it. <laughs> 